Welcome to Ed Talks, an audio podcast co-presented by Achieve Twin Cities and Graves Ventures, a project of the Graves Foundation. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations about public education and related issues that impact our young people. This Ed Talks is titled, What High School Debate Can Teach Us About the Power of Abolitionist Education. This Ed Talks features Sandy Bolton Barantinos. Sandy is a community coach for the South High School Debate Team and member of the Minnesota Urban Debate League community, where they focus on curriculum design. An abolitionist organizer in South Minneapolis, they are a studio trainer for Rep MN, where they teach workshops that build networks of community crisis support and a co-founder of Futures Beyond Criminalization, which hosts events on public safety, harm reduction, and policing alternatives. Sandy is an alum of Minnesota Public Schools and a student at the University of Minnesota's Direct Track to Teaching program with a concentration in second languages and cultures. Sandy believes debate offers a unique space where students can freedom dream institutions that affirm their livelihoods, visualize a future of joy and liberation for all people, and ultimately begin to formulate imaginative and realistic solutions for the big problems facing their communities. Sandy presents testimonials from current and former students on the impact of debate in their lives and argues strongly for additional resources and support for debate in Minneapolis public schools. This Ed Talk was recorded at Ice House on February 26, 2024. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much, Coach McKenzie, for such a great speech. We just had a very north side Minneapolis talk. Now we're going to have a very south side Minneapolis talk and a very young person perspective in a talk. But um, my name is Sandy. I'm a student at the U, and I'm a debate coach for South High School. And I'm here to talk to you today about the value of abolitionist pedagogy and debate education. So in the spring of 2020, young people of South Minneapolis found their landscape transformed by a very important event, the George Floyd Uprising. And amidst this upheaval, students across the Twin Cities found debate as a platform to voice their concerns, speak out against injustice, and envision a better world. Every year, the National Debate Community publishes a topic that will guide high school students, research, and strategies for the entire season. And at their tournaments, they compete against schools from all over the country to deliberate on the efficacy of all different kinds of policy reforms. And through that process, they research and discuss all different kinds of philosophical, ethical, and legislative questions. And in 2020, debating the topic of criminal justice reform, two students from South High School were voted the number one debate team in the nation. Clara Connery, one member of the duo, was entering her junior year after the events of summer 2020. While competing against schools from all over the country, Clara alchemized all of these experiences from the past summer into strategizing ways to bring South to victory. She engaged in the nuances of what it meant to use policymaking and reform as a means towards justice. She researched the history of abolitionist movements and used that knowledge to theorize about a world beyond policing and beyond prisons. And she considered what the country would look like if instead of criminalizing our most vulnerable communities, we actually invested in meeting their basic needs. Her primary focus that year was developing a harm reduction policy proposal that sought to take a compassionate public health approach to the problem of addiction. 
And in the process of running this argument at national tournaments, she got to educate all of these people about the benefits of harm reduction and the problems of stigmatizing drug users. And Clara also went on to do more than just debate. She actually helped co-facilitate conversations with me, with our middle school age students about policing and the school to prison pipeline and abolition at our annual speech and debate camp. And now she continues to support our students as our remote alumni coach while she attends Emory University. Clara's story is just one example of the brilliance of South Minneapolis debaters. And when I started coaching for South in the fall of 2021, which was after Clara's success during the preceding season, I knew I was stepping in to a legacy of accomplishment and abolitionist education, which was really, really daunting, but really exciting because I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I was out of high school, but I had no idea what that meant or what that looked like or how to begin on that journey. Through coaching for the Minneapolis South policy debate team, I have learned about the transformative power of abolitionist pedagogy, which is what I hope to discuss with you all today. Students on debate teams, they do more than speak at podiums and wear their dorky little suits and compete at tournaments. They engage in acts of radical imagination by considering advocacies that affirm life, justice, and liberation. And this idea of radical imagination is at the heart of abolitionist pedagogy. As feminist scholar Ruth Wilson Gilmore has said, abolition is about presence and not absence. It is about building life-affirming institutions. Life-affirming institutions are exactly what debaters are tasked with considering through the entirety of their debate careers. Debaters think about the ways in which our institutions can meet the needs of the people. So my hope for this talk is to show you some of the brilliant ways in which competitive debate helps high school students formulate creative and compassionate solutions to the problems of police violence, surveillance, mass incarceration, and structural inequality. But what is so special about debate that empowers students to do this? Why is debate an ideal vessel for abolitionist education? I'm going to give you three reasons and with the students of this year. And I apologize for how much I hype them up, but I love them too much and some of them are in the audience, so I just can't help myself. But the first reason is that debate is a space that teaches students how to iterate. As I mentioned before, debaters are given a new topic every year that will guide their strategy and research for the season. So this year, my students were tasked with considering policy solutions to the problems of economic inequality in the United States, which is no small task. At tournaments, they would debate about topics such as inflation and recessions and structural inequality, neoliberalism, social welfare policy, wealth disparities, intersectional oppression, all of these things. And then at practices, and in the time in between tournaments, they would turn around and apply all of this new knowledge that they had gained to their original strategy. Take the example of my student N. He dedicated the entire year to perfecting a policy that expanded social security protections for elders. Almost every single week, and refined his policy proposal in response to arguments that ranged from the potential economic consequences of overspending in the federal budget 
to a critique that traces the genealogy of anti-blackness in social welfare policy. And through the iterative and experiential learning that debate facilitated, he learned how to adapt his advocacies to best meet the needs of the moment. The cycle of research and trial and reflection and iteration is a core value of the South debate team. And the reason for this is because we understand that adaptability and flexibility are some of the most important skills in effective change making. Successful advocates are able to accept feedback, they're able to shift and adapt their strategies, and they're able to think quickly on their feet in order to meet the dynamic needs of the community. Iteration is essential to the development of radical imagination. Flexibility is what allows us to sustain our work as we transform our ideas into realities. And adaptability is how we stay accountable to the present moment. And I know that no matter what Ed does, if he ends up being a little radical hippie like me or not, I know that he will make a positive impact on his community because of the skills of adaptability, flexibility, and iteration. The second reason why debate is ideal for abolitionist education is because it is a space where teenagers are taken seriously. My students and I are both of the same generation, Generation Z. And I feel this so hard all the time, but I feel it the most whenever we are talking about the future. Because on the one hand, we are so disillusioned by everything. We bond together over our existential dread, over impending nuclear war and irreversible climate change. To us, the future is bleak because the present is bleak. But on the other hand, our generation is still so deeply invested in creating a future for ourselves. Young people envision a future where their queer and trans friends are safe, where the people's basic needs are met, and when their joy, their health, and their well-being are valued more than their productivity. Take the example of my student S. She's a bright and passionate debater who's currently in her junior year. She joined the team last year, and over these past two seasons, I've gotten to witness her develop her curiosity, her critical thinking skills, and her radical imagination. This is because debate provided a space where her voice and her ideas were taken seriously. Over this season, she's gotten to consider big questions like, why does poverty exist? and what structures allow for the rich to get richer while some people don't have their basic needs met, and most importantly, what does a future that actually takes care of people look like? As coaches, we cultivated a space of encouragement and feedback that allowed her to explore these questions. We got to curate resources and strategies for her that aligned with her interests and challenged her assumptions and developed her advocacy skills. When she told us she was passionate about intersectional feminism, we took her interests seriously and sent her articles from black feminist and indigenous scholars like Bell Hooks, Angela Davis, and Gloria Anzaldúa. We facilitated field trips with a team that connected the texts, their questions, and the arguments with the experiences of their everyday community. 
We went on outings to local bookstores, work our own co-ops and museum exhibits, and talked to neighbors about the everyday organizing work that they were engaged in. But the real transformation did not just happen because S passively absorbed this information. Debate rounds create a space where students' perspectives are at the forefront of the experience. In any given round, students talk for 90 whole minutes and adults only talk for 10. In this way, their voice, their curiosity, and their knowledge are what matters the most. This approach to education is what allowed S to imagine a future world that did not criminalize poverty, that did not hoard wealth for the elite, and that met the needs of all people. Because of debate, S has the skills to effectively envision and build life-affirming institutions. The final reason why debate is ideal for abolitionist education is because of the transformative power of relationships and connection. My favorite part of the South Debate coaching team is how we embody South Minneapolis interconnectedness. Like we are all from South Minneapolis. I'm the only one who didn't graduate from South because I betrayed my alma mater and I am so sorry, Roosevelt. But <laughs> my absolute favorite example of this is South VW. They're a partnership I have had the privilege of coaching for seven whole years from their sixth grade my sophomore year, all the way until their very last debate of their senior year, which was this past weekend in Berkeley, California. I'm really new to education. I'm only on the home stretch of my undergrad, and I still have a lot to learn. But coaching these two students over seven years and witnessing them grow up into bright and funny and compassionate and creative young adults has been truly one of the most rewarding experiences of my life and it has definitely been foundational to my dream of becoming a teacher. Debate, much like the real world, has the potential to be really stressful and hyper-competitive and alienating but my abolitionist ancestors and mentors and beloved friends have taught me that deep, meaningful connection is the remedy to that. When the relationships between teammates and coaches are built on deep trust, students have the potential to succeed in really, really amazing ways. And over the past seven years, I've witnessed South VW develop their radical imagination, and in turn, they've witnessed me develop mine. And to me, this is a testament to how creativity flourishes in conditions of reciprocity and respect. I love those dorks so much, and they disagree with me constantly, and I love it every single time. They are so funny and so brilliant, and they've taught me so much. I can confidently say that my participation in debate has made me into the creative and empowered advocate that I am today. The knowledge that I have developed as a debate student, alumni, and coach has shown me that creativity and education have the power to transform the world. The opportunities for coaching and facilitation have inspired my passion for education and my investment in becoming a teacher, and the wisdom and knowledge of my community, especially the black and brown debaters of the Minnesota Urban Debate League, has instilled me with such a strong sense of justice. 
I now work at an organization called REP, Relationships Evolving Possibilities, where we uplift our communities to rely on each other rather than police in times of crisis. So as a studio trainer, I co-facilitate community workshops that develop people's skills in community safety, radical consent, and de-escalation. And REP also operates a part-time police alternative hotline, which you should check out. Beyond radical imagination, debate has empowered me with the skills and the confidence to organize for radical action alongside my community. It has inspired me to apply my knowledge to actually start building those life-affirming institutions, to start creating this future of liberation. I've gone on to start an abolitionist project called Futures Beyond Criminalization with my friends Andre and Melanie, where we host community building events and engage in political education projects in our neighborhoods. And in all of this work, I am constantly using the skills of iteration, critical thinking, adaptability, curiosity, and creativity that I developed in debate. That is the power of debate education. That is abolitionist pedagogy. So whether debaters participate for one year or seven, whether they prefer critical strategies or policy, it doesn't matter whether they go into STEM or the liberal arts, people are transformed by their experience in debate. Friends in fields ranging from urban studies to philanthropy to sports statistics to financial advising to civic engineering to psychology, all of these people are connected by the profound impact that debate had on their lives. And my story in debate and education and advocacy work is just one of thousands, and I could probably sit here all day and brag about my friends <laughs> if you gave me the chance. But more than anything, I can't wait to watch my current and future students figure out that path for themselves too. So I will conclude, and I will leave with some ways that you can support your local debate community. So if you are my student, Please stay connected. We, your coaches definitely really want to hear from you, and we love you so much, so please do not hesitate to reach out and just update us on the cool stuff, on the boring stuff. We want to hear it. If you are an educator, you can consider incorporating debate as a tool in your classroom and your educational spaces, because students love to discuss big ideas and questions about things that really matter. So this can just be as easy as putting up a little warm-up on the board and having them uh, give all their hot takes on the topic. It is really, really entertaining and rewarding. And you can check out the Minnesota Urban Debate League for more resources. And then, after you do those activities and you find the really outspoken children, please tell them to join the debate team because we want them so bad. It really only takes saying, hey, I think that you would be a really great debater. And if you are a community member, consider uh, directly supporting your high school's debate team. The reason that South has all the opportunities that we do to travel and go on outings and do cool stuff is because of direct community funding and support. So this can look like reoccurring donations or just participating in their fundraisers or reaching out to volunteer, or just following their social media. 
that's all I have for you today. Um, thank you so much, and yeah. Ed Talks is co-presented by Achieve Twin Cities and Graves Ventures, a project of the Graves Foundation. For more information on Ed Talks or to watch Ed Talks videos or listen to audio podcasts, visit AchieveTwinCities.org.